Benifer is back. Brad and Jen are friends again. And Paris Hilton is somehow still making headlines. 20 years later, we're living in the world that the 2000s tabloids created. On this series, I'm going to tell you the story of a decade of American life through the trash we love to consume. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Claire Malone, and this is Just Like Us, the tabloids that changed America. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Wearing a men's warehouse outfit makes you confident, like you could do anything. So you dance like no one is watching, even though everyone is watching. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you interview like the job is already yours because it is. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you golf as if the rules don't apply to you because you're too well-dressed for rules. Because of the men's warehouse outfit. At Men's Warehouse, get measured, get fitted, get hot, get confident in everything from tailored suits to underwear and all the stuff in between. Love the way you look at Men's Warehouse. It is the Ringer NFL Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network from SoFi Stadium, where literally, if there's any background noise, it's friends and family of Rams players and coaches, I guess, frolicking on the field. Is frolicking the right word, Ben Solak? I saw somebody, like, gather up a bunch of confetti for, like, a couple of minutes so they could, like, do a confetti angel, and I find that very disingenuous. You were not on the field early enough for full confetti angel, like, ton of confetti time. And so they like synthetically generated enough confetti to make it look like they were on the field during maximal confetti hours. Oh, I you just blew up somebody's person, Instagram yeah. story. That person worked hard for their they confetti worked, they angel. Worked, they worked for they that Instagram grinded. story. I agree. And they deserve I'm with it. you, Nora Princiati. Hello. Hello. What's going on? The Super Bowl. This was Ben Solak's first in-person Super Bowl. Yeah, man. He spent most of the time being extremely excited about football. Kevin was, I don't, I think Kevin wasn't the biggest fan of sitting next to me. That's not I true. Think, that's not oh, true. That's nice. That's not true. Okay. I enjoyed it immensely. I, it, it, it was not the prettiest game in the middle, but there were those really big flashes and then man, oh man, those last seven just, minutes. The one thing, awesome. the one thing I'll say about sitting next to you is one thing I didn't anticipate. So there's all sorts of rules about not cheering in the press box. I'm fine with Ben respected that. They never made a rule about not cheering for props. No, and and you do have to do <laughs> that a little bit quietly. Yes. Nor should they. It's the one thing they haven't outlawed. And Ben Solak is just going to run right through that loophole. Absolutely. And listen, we love a good fourth and one handoff to Cooper Cup. I think it's a very <laughs> clever play. It shows that Sean McVay knows what no he's doing as a coach. whatsoever. All right, so let's get started. So the Rams beat the Cincinnati Bengals in a disjointed but extremely interesting game. Um, a lot of storylines, a lot of players that need to, to have the, the spotlight shown on them. For me, this was the plan. Like, this is why you assemble a super team. And a lot of the, you know, I was just jotting down some notes and, and, and talking to the players down in the tunnel. You know, a lot of what we think is, is football destiny is really just team building and planning. And it's Aaron Donald on fourth and one. And, and Sean McVay swears that, and he said that he was mic'd up, so this will come out and it'll be confirmed. He swears that on fourth and one, uh, he said to his coaches, this game is over and Donald's about to get a sack. They just wanted a Patrick Mahomes yes. wasp moment. I understand and he that. Was very jealous. But it's the same thing where it's just like, well, or you know what? Or Evan McPherson also... were going right. to the AFC okay. Championship game. But also just like impress me with something a little more obscure, right. Sean. Right. Yeah. Oh, we have Aaron Donald. He's going to blow the game up. But what I'm saying is it's like, this is why you assemble a super team. It's Cooper Cup against Eli Apple in the back of the end zone. 
Um, it's Matthew Stafford making more throws than Jared Goff can. This was the plan. That's what football destiny is. It's the plan. Nora, what'd you think? Well, you're right to say that because in some ways there's a whole bunch of stuff that happened in the middle of this game that was weird and wacky and you couldn't have seen it coming. The big picture was exactly what we thought it was going to be. The Rams set a Super Bowl record for number of sacks. Joe Burrow was under an immense amount of pressure, was forced to get the ball out in like two seconds flat, basically every time that he was throwing. Stafford had half a second more to throw. That's an eternity. That is an eternity. Yeah. In football offense. Ben Solak could find a new DFS team in, in <laughs> half a second. And Ken has. And, and probably that was to not to my that was to my detriment during the course of the day, just constantly finagling. So look, the, the Bengals finished with a 14% pass block win rate, which is the worst by any team in any game this season. That's according to next gen stats. Burrow down in the tunnel, very complimentary of the offensive line, said they did the job that they needed to do. That is the right thing to say if you're a quarterback. When it comes to what we just saw, what you see on the stat sheet, what we watched on the field, yeah. you cannot argue that that wasn't massively, massively impactful, not just in the Rams defensive line being able to blow up plays, but in what the Bengals in some ways had to play this game with a hand tied behind their backs because they went into this clearly thinking he has to get the ball out in two seconds and you're playing just with an intrinsic limitation. Um, and there were some guys like CJ Zoma was said, that's the franchise right there. Joe Burrow. We don't want to see the franchise take that number of hits. Yeah. And, well, act like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you don't want it. <laughs> Literally the football version of, oh, you hate to see that. You hate to see you it. You hate to you see don't that. Love but, it. You know, we'd love to be able to do something, but you know, well, our hands look, are tied. Look, the good news is that they can do something in this off season. We've got, uh, we're not going to get to the off season yet, but I, I will say something that struck me just being in the mix with the Bengals guys, I know you guys spent a lot of time with the Rams. You did get a sense that they understand that they're a young team. Um, Joe Burrow talked about watching Kurt Warner's, Kurt Warner's football, football life. life. What, yeah. a, what a moment for Kurt Warner's football Huge. life being mentioned at the big, Super Bowl big post game. But his takeaway was um, that uh, Kurt Warner talked about regretting not sort of celebrating the accomplishment of getting to a Super Bowl. We've seen a lot of teams lose the Super Bowl and struggle in the years after that because it can be something that kind of gets to a team mentally. I, I do think that the Bengals seem to have some understanding of that, but the biggest question is what they are going to do so that Burrow, you know, does not end up the next Andrew Luck. There are, there are times yeah. when it feels like that's in play. Okay, but my, my problem with that is that the Chiefs basically rearranged the eight months between February and when they started the season. Um, to get a new offensive line. They traded a first-round pick for Orlando Brown. Jerry's kind of still out on that. They hit on, obviously, two really good rookies, um, and that was fortuitous. But I don't know if the Bengals want to go all in on an offensive line. That's just not something that they do. And they invest capital and money, and they sign Joe Tooney to one of the biggest contracts in offensive line history. They've spent on free agents. I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't, in the same way, Brett Veach found Patrick Mahomes at this game last year in the elevator bank and said, we're going to fix this. I don't know if Duke, uh, Duke Tobin, I'm sure, is going to try. I don't know if it's the same level of effort because they're different franchises. Counterpoint, the Bengals have proven that they can get to the last game of the season, get to the Super Bowl with really, really, really poor play there, with the quarterback being under just an extreme amount of pressure. It needs to be a little better. It doesn't need to be leaps and bounds. They have some cap space. They need to take a step forward. 
Yeah, I think on the Bengals offensive line, we talk about offensive line play. The the most important thing to understand is how bad is your fifth guy, not how good is your first guy. We always talk about offensive line play has to be a holistic idea, right? The Bengals drafted Jamar Chase instead of Penny Sewell in the first round. Everybody talks about that. But in the second round, they drafted Jackson Carmen. He was a tackle out of Clemson, and they wanted him to win a guard spot for them. He couldn't do it. So sixth round pick two years ago, Akeem Adeniji is playing right guard. Your fifth offensive lineman was a massive liability. This team was in the AFC Championship game two weeks ago, and they switched Adenogy out at halftime for Carmen, which they'd already switched Carmen back to Adenogy and back to Carmen like, during the regular season. They were still trying to find one dude who could win that job in the AFC Championship game. The issue for them was that their fifth and, and their fourth guy, right? You're talking about Quentin Spain, the left guard, were really, really rough. So they don't need to do what the Chiefs did in terms of a, a wholesale change. Nor do I think you can, just because you're not going to get Orlando Brown demanding to play on the left side because of his pops. Trey Smith falling to the sixth round because of blood clots. Like, the Chiefs caught a lot of really good rolls of the dice to fully redo that line. You need to get two, like, Riley Reefs again. And remember, Reef went down this season. Into the building. Veterans, because this line doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be high investment. That's not the way this team is built. It has to be average enough to get you a couple of buckets, especially on late downs where they were really, really bad in this game. They don't have to go crazy on the investment. Just raise the floor so it's not a liability. We can reframe the problem as it's not necessarily fix the offensive line by turning it into a team's strength. It's identity doesn't start the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. Ben, who is the best player in the field tonight? Okay. Donald. Yeah, I would say Aaron Donald. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I, I, I went to like six players in my head, right? And 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 I think... Give it the other candidates as well yeah, after you're done with Donald. Right. I think Cup played a really good game for the limitations that were put on him, especially once Odell went down. I thought like, you know, Stafford had two picks, but I, I don't think either was particularly terrible, right? Like the, the Van Jefferson scramble play was a little bit of an arm punt on a third and long, you know, end of the first half. Uh, the uh, the second pick was, was a tipped ball. So I thought Stafford generally played well. Vaughn was unbelievable, especially first half. Vaughn was winning on over half of his rushes. Incredible. But at the end of the day, Donald had like, he had the, the key play, right? Yeah. He, he had the sack. He had another sack on, on, on a, on a second down uh, to put Burrow way back in the end zone, get the Rams in good field position. But even beyond that, right. He had you, Nora, you tweeted it. He made a tackle with his wrist. Like he made like a one paw tackle on Joe Mixon and a gap on the, on the Samaje P Ryan third and one run. Right before the fourth and one, he got a hook around P. Ryan and then just sat down. And P. Ryan drags 95% of the tackles in this league to that first down mark. He doesn't drag Donald. There's so many little margin plays where Donald takes a five-yard gain and makes it a three-yard gain, takes a three-yard gain and makes it a one-yard gain. They just add up over time, over time, over time. And then you get to fourth and one. As McVay said, we kind of saw that they were going to pass it once they came out and gun four wide. And at that point, McVay goes, you know, his bold prediction. <laughs> Think Donald might take over this game. And, and everybody knew that's coming because that's who he is. So uh, if I were voting, I probably am giving Donald the MVP. I fully understand Cup getting it. I agree. And, and a lot of players made surprised. really good plays, but Donald, yeah. yeah. I, I wonder. I didn't. I didn't get. Sometimes I get the vote. Sometimes I don't. It kind of depends where you are in the press box, um, and whatever. But like, I wonder if maybe. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Maybe the vote was was helped. There were too many people got the vote in before the last drive. Yeah, to me, right, it was Cup had two total touches, two total targets. Uh, in the in all the drives before the final drive. One of them was the wide receiver handoff, third and five, you're going to throw it. So we had one real, like, cut make a play for us. On the final drive, he had five. And so it really felt like that final drive was the drive that they found Cup and the drive that Cup got it done for them. And, and I get why that narrative got built. But at the same time, that Rams defense took a, a an immediate 10-point swing in the second half and then sat down. And to me, that's Donald. And that, that final drive, a lot of the Bengals defenders talked about that Rams drive as just a really good punch where... 
they finally made an adjustment. There was a lot of frustrating play calling from the Rams throughout the early parts of this game, getting on later and later and later. But it felt like they got to that point and they'd sort of internalized, okay, we don't have OBJ anymore. We are going to go a little bit more up-tempo. Ben, I think you made, uh, when we were chatting up in the press box, you made an impressive point about them spreading it out a little bit more. A lot of the Bengals defenders talked about that, just getting them out of their rhythm a little bit. And the other piece of that was just, that was the Cooper Cup drive. And that was the Rams punch to let's go win this game. This is our best chance to do it. So I understand it on, on those terms. I could go either way with that one, but I still, I don't know. I don't mind the cup pick. Uh, the other thing is that, so Sean McVay said that the Bengals at the end were in regulated looks, which I felt to mean basic and spread out. Yeah. And no, everyone was kind of declared. I had to go back and look at and, old McVay articles to figure out what ben regulated Solak means. Ben was so mad about the term regulated looks because it wasn't specific enough. He came up to me and was like, can I ask the Rams for clarification? And I was like, probably not. It's probably just No, McVay you can. Talk. You can do it. Do it. As Send an, an email. email. Yeah. Rams at NFL.com. Listen, we're all writers here. Does the word regulated mean basic? It can. You can explain all of this in the MNF booth next year. Um, <laughs> the Odell injury changed what, Ben? Okay, so uh, the Rams all, uh, all year, I say all year, since the Odell trade, wanted to live in three by one. There are three receivers to one side, one receiver to the other. Usually that one backside receiver is the best guy. For the Bengals, it's Jamar Chase. Makes sense. For the Rams, it's Odell Beckham Jr. It lets them put Cup in the slot. It lets them play a numbers game. You want to bracket this guy? You want to put one inside and one outside? You're giving us one-on-one with Odell Beckham Jr. We like that a lot. We're going to run that till the cows come home. So all that backside dig, backside glance, right, where they get that isolated guy and they hit him in the intermediate middle, that's Odell. So now you're going up against a Bengals defense that's really comfortable dropping a lot of guys into coverage, and you don't have a dude that's going to punish one-on-ones. All of a sudden, playing whack-a-mole with Cooper Cup gets a lot harder. So wherever he goes, we're just going to push coverage to that side. We're just going to get as many zone defenders clogging up those looks as possible. They ran man as well, but they got brackets on 11, right? Talk about we're going to – or brackets on 10, excuse me. We're going to find that guy and just put two on him. And if Van Jefferson beats us on a slot fade, Van Jefferson's going to beat us on a slot fade. Guess what Van Jefferson did not do? Beat us on a slot fade. The McVeigh failure was, all right, when I'm not getting my guy open on my typical stuff, what am I going to go to? I'm going to go to my play-action pass game. I'm going to go under center. In the first half, that was great for them. Under center, play-action pass, four for five, 54 yards, and a touchdown for Matt Stafford. He was only averaging about six attempts under center play-action in the regular season. Gets five in the first half. They were cooking on those sorts of looks. And then McVeigh fell into the trap which is the worst trap for McVeigh, particularly among all these Shanahan guys, which is if I'm going to run under center play action, I have to run from under center. I have to do it. They have to respect it. They have to see it. So second and three, let's run from under center. Sonny Michelle, baby, we got it. Second and four, let's let's get Van Jefferson in a block, baby. Ben Skoranek, Ben Skoranek's going to block for us. My running duo, it's going to be sick. And it just never worked. For four quarters, it never worked. And that's really, really frustrating. Uh, the Rams were at negative 0.4 on EPA per play on rushing downs. Um, as you saw tweeted during the game, they had, I think, 16% of their runs were successful runs. One of the worst uh, percentages we've seen in six years of NGS charting. It was abysmal. So what happens w- when we're doing that in the entire second half? Kendall Blanton goes down as well in the tight end. And we just say, all right, we're going to take four receivers. because That's all we've got right now. We have Cup, uh, Ben Skoranek. We have uh, uh, Van Jefferson. We have Bryson Hopkins, who had one target in the regular season. We have nobody else in the depth chart below these guys. Like, this is all we have. We're going to put four. We're going to spread them out. And if we get a look for Cup, 
<laughs> Ball's going to cup. And that's what he meant by regulated looks. They went tempo. They went spread. They got the Bengals into zones. And then they asked Stafford that which Goff cannot do. Hit these holes between zones. Hit them hard. Hit them hard. Hit them hard. And that, that no-look 22-yard slant to cup is a perfect encapsulation of a quarterback that's able to take advantage of a tight window in zone, get you an explosive play. You're up by three. Nora, going all in worked. It worked. It really worked. Is this, I guess the question is like, at some point, you look at the age of these guys, you look at the the well yeah, behind it. Yeah, we're talking about like half of them are going to retire now. I know, apparently. it's a, the, maybe the coach, coach. Aaron Donald. It might be Aaron Donald's last game. I mean, it feels like there's a possibility here that this was this was the the uh, the peak. I guess I guess the ringer term would be Apex Mountain, but also it worked. Like it worked. This is what it's for, and like this is not. You know, we did this a couple of weeks ago with with the Bengals. Oh, the Bengals. You know, we can't say that it worked. Yeah, it worked because they got to the Super Bowl. For the Rams, this whole thing, the last three four years, everything they did, it was for this moment. They're in their home stadium. Like this. This objectively worked. Yeah, hats off, too, because, look, that ratchets up the pressure. Like, I, I found it a little startling how not completely shattered the Bengals were at least able to pull themselves together and seen. I have seen losing Super Bowl teams before. They tend to be a little bit more lost in the wilderness than Cincinnati just looked down there. And I think part of that is because they know they're young. I'm sure part of it is that they feel horrible internally and they were able and to put on a good face. with a little bit of house money in the sense that, that like... That they, was going to be They my did point. not enter into the January going, here we go, baby. It was more like, yeah, we'll Whereas see. for LA, if you lose here, like losing the Super Bowl should not be this grand indictment on a team. But when you're not picking in the first round until 3,027, it becomes a little bit more... If you don't do the thing that all of this was for, what was it all for in the first place? And for a quarterback like Matthew Stafford, who has not been in this moment before, we know that people, you know, look, we try to be sort of smart, numbers-based, analytical about things. People crumble in difficult moments. Um, sometimes we've talked about uh, players who are good under pressure actually just being the ones who don't change under pressure. And it's a real credit that, LA was able to handle those circumstances. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You guys want to talk about coaching? Heck yeah. Yes. Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? Seems like there's somewhere you All want right. to go here, Kevin. Let's let's talk about Zach Taylor first. Um, Kevin had a little glint in his eye there that told no, me. No, 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 truly. I mean, I, 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 Burrow winning would have been the better story, right? And so that, that to me, it's not, I don't, I don't take any great pleasure in, in, in Zach Taylor. And it was interesting. Um, Ben Solak asked the question to Taylor after the game, why'd you go at Jalen Ramsey? He basically said, we're not scared of anybody. We're going to go at them all game. He made the point. They, they, he said, I, I don't know if this was just an empty gesture, but he said they were going down to win. I don't. I mean, obviously, if there was one second left and they were at the 40-yard line, they kicked the field goal, but they were going to try to win the game. Um, they were not settling for a field goal. Having said that, second and one, you are perilously close, if you're the Rams, to, give it, to giving Evan McPherson field goal range. He's that good. And they didn't get anything from it. Ben, how would you uh, pick the nits of that last drive? Samaj so P. Ryan instead of Joe Mixon on third down feels really bad. Also feels really bad on fourth down. Well, four, uh, fourth, fourth and one shotgun is fine in theory. You need one yard to extend the Super Bowl. Right. And Figure it out. Yeah. They had a third and two earlier in the game. Uh, they went shotgun, four-yard pass to Jamar Chase. They had a third and three earlier in the game, went shotgun, Joe Burrow sacked for nine yards. They had a fourth and one earlier in the game when shotgun uh, Joe Burrow scramble for four yards. Right. So they've been showing the Rams all game. Third and one, fourth and one. We're going to give you shotgun. We're going to give you a pass. Look, the number one. I, I shouldn't say that. There've been a lot of criticisms about Zach Taylor. I think the one that's most coherent and the one that was most applicable over the course of the season is that the running game and the passing game we're not married in the way that you typically see of a Sean McVay offense and that you typically see just a successful offense. When we put a lookout pre-snap, you don't really know if we're about to run it or pass it. Uh, uh, Seth Glean of PFF used the term siloed. These two ideas are siloed. That really hurt the Bengals in those key moments because third and one, you walk out with Pirine, we all know he's your passing down back. <laughs> you know, we, You've been taking Joe Mixon off the field after second down all game, all week, all season. All right, we'll play. We'll play dime, and the, and 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 the the Rams walked out early drives with one linebacker, five down linemen, five five right. They're, they're, they're typical fronts, three three five, against the Bengals on first and ten. Like they they're gonna know what you're giving them when you're so clear with when when your backs are out, and if you're in shotgun versus under center, what it is you're going to do. So the challenge for Zach Taylor is when you get to this point, late game, one score, third and X, gotta have it. You'd like to be able to do something a little bit deceitful. You'd like to not tip your hand and be playing behind 45 to 55% before the ball's even snapped. Uh, the most impressive thing that I found at the end of this game is the fact that the Bengals offense, uh, one for three on late down runs, that's third and fourth down, and then three for 14 on late down, third and fourth down passes. Really good performance by Raheem Morris' defense, and it shows you that he knows, he understands, and can create designer looks for what he's likely to get on those late downs. That's the challenge for Zach Taylor: is can you create a better offense to, to have some deception in those key moments? Well, and it compounds itself because of the issues with facing pressure and needing to get the ball out so quickly. Because we see, for instance, we see that this offense really struggles in the red zone, and the problem with 
combining, Burrow has to get the ball out so quickly. There isn't as much marriage between run and pass that puts defenders in conflict because they don't quite know where they're going to have to go. Then when the field gets condensed, the pro- you're just you have so few, many fewer buttons where you have a linebacker who doesn't know which way he needs to go. That putting those guys in conflict, which is so essential, it happens more and more rarely, particularly as, as the field gets squished up. And I think that's why sometimes we see this offense be able to win some one-on-ones when there's a little bit more space on the field. But then when the field gets shorter into the red zone, it gets more difficult. It was a big point from Nora during the game, and she was right on it. Every time that Bengals offense got into the red zone, Nora was like, oh, this just sucks. Here we go. This is just just ugly. Right? And again, that's where you want your designer look. That's where you want your buckets. Yeah, and... You know, Joe Mixon touchdown pass to T. Higgins. Cool. It's a, that's a nice trick play. Let's find a middle ground there where it's like a, a tendency breaker that doesn't involve having to do like a gadgety sort of play. That's the thing, a deficiency for the Bengals right now. Sean McVay wins the Super Bowl. One of the things, and we were joking about, you know, me not liking Stay Nice to Solak. I loved it because at one point, I think you would have you would have fought Sean McVay at one point during this game. Yeah, I said, I said, I mean, I usually say that I should get to fight somebody. <laughs> yeah, this is actually not at all a rare occurrence. Explain, yeah. explain your Sean McVay. Uh, and listen, it was obvious. It was obvious to everybody who watched the game. Well, let's go a little deeper. Um, you were real mad at Sean McVay tonight. And I, I was too, um, just from a play calling standpoint. It was a disjointed game in large part because of some of the play calling. Um, it was interesting because, you know, this is kind of the world Sean McVay has created where his old assistants are are now coaching against him in Super Bowls. And he, uh, McVay actually said, you know, Zach Taylor coach, you know, the Bengals played the same way we did. And they, the, the, the Rams were able to just make a couple more plays. Um, that's not a million miles away from the truth. Uh, Sean McVay in this game, Ben Solak. Right. So the continued frustration is the reliance on, uh, running plays, especially early down running plays and the, um, the narrow world in which he runs the football, uh, when when McVeigh puts these these uh, bunches on the field, right bunch sets, three receivers all in a tight little bunch. He puts them right up next to the tackle. And in the Jared Goff offense, those sort of formations were about sixty percent run, forty percent pass, right? Because they would run the ball on him, and then they would go play action pass off of them, and they needed that play action pass to carry Jared Goff down the field a little bit. Then he got Matthew Stafford sick. We can throw the ball more now. That formation became 83, 85% run for him on the season. That's how he knows to run the football. We run out of these looks with these tight guys. We run outside zone. We run duo. And we, we do it well. We have Robert Woods. He can block for us. Cooper Cup. He can block for us. Tyler Higby. He's a good blocker. Robert Woods won in this game. Tyler Higby wasn't in this game. They're asking Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson ben, question yeah, mark? Van Jefferson and Ben Skoranek and Kendall Blanton to dig Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, two really good run defending edges, out of, out of the C-gap. You, first, you're going to run it. First, you got to get a little bit more creative than that. But secondly, there has to be an understanding. They had two drives uh, uh, late in the third and then to start the fourth ball on, the, on their 47 and their 48. 53 and 52 yards to go. Uh, they had a, a second and five Cam Akers run for negative two yards. They had a second and three uh, Sonny Michelle uh, run for negative one yards. They would get to the second and short and they would run it under center to get tight because that's what McVay runs it out of. And if they could get it, then they could set up a play action shot. And the Bengals just all game 
disrespected that. At one point in the game, Next Gen Stats tweeted this out, they had zero successful runs. They were one of five teams in six years of charting to have zero successful runs. The other four teams finished the game with single-digit runs, single-digit total rush temps, none of them successful. The Rams at that time had 18. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it's clearly broke, please fix it. The greatest what-if from this game for me will be what happens if Kendall Blanton doesn't hurt his shoulder at the end of the third quarter. Because Blanton was their run-blocking tight end, and they were putting him in there to run block. He's out. He doesn't take a single snap in the fourth quarter. Bryson Hopkins come in. They start to go a little more spread. Bryson Hopkins is a big wide receiver. He's not a blocker at all. And, and, and it felt like McVay came to a solution. It felt like McVay finally figured it out. Man, if Kendall Bland doesn't get hurt, <laughs> there's a chance he doesn't. There's a chance he would have gone right back to the well and expected them to execute on what he's always done. And this scoreboard would read 20 to 16, and we'd be having a whole separate conversation. So shout out Kendall Blanton to be a real big fulcrum and a large what if for, for this game and for McVay's legacy. Well, and Ben, I think you looked it up. The Rams lo- love to run out of those tight formations. And Next Gen Stats had their, they were three yards further spread right. out so on the in final the first, drive. Yep. In the first 11 drives, uh, the Rams' formation width, this is from Keegan Abdu and Next Gen Stats, was 23.1 yards. On the game-winning drive, it was 26.5, which three and a half yards is a really, really big difference in terms of charting. It goes how wide are those widest receivers. Also, on the first 11 drives, uh, they were uh, uh, 54% trips. On that final drive, they were 33% trips. They went from 16% two by two, which is those four open spread out formations, to 40% two by two. That offense on the last drive, they did not run. That was not the offense of the first 11 drives. And it's because there was a needed change. It was a good change. It got Cooper Cup the ball, but it's also kind of because Kendall Bland was out. Right. And that, that was the, maybe it was just like the final, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, if you will. But Kendall Bland's shoulder is a really big part of this Rams Super Bowl well, win. Well, and it's particularly, it's frustrating that it took it that long yes. to get there. In part because, okay, you wouldn't want to think that a Kendall Blanton injury is the thing that's going to force you into the type of offense that is going to take advantage of the offensive player of the year and the quarterback that you spent multiple first (laughs) round picks to get. But sometimes that's it with coaches, right? It's like, this is what we practice during the week. This is what we know. And then you put their back up against a wall. You put them between a rock and a hard place. And, and I, I would imagine I tried to get it out of the Rams players. Couldn't really get it. There was a conversation on the sideline, Stafford cup McVay. Somebody said something to somebody where it was like, all right, we just got to spread. And this is why we get to sit at the 325 concourse level and nitpick the Super Bowl winning coach after the game. Yes. Isn't it a beautiful world? All right. Matthew Stafford's won a Super Bowl. I really thought that when Eminem came out and did Lose Yourself and then the Rams and Stafford had the 22 seconds from hell coming out of halftime, I really thought he'd reverted back to full lion. It was it felt like Detroit. I was worried. I was yeah. worried. I, I thought that Detroit has, had extended its tentacles into SoFi Stadium and had pulled Matthew Stafford back into the vortex, but he prevailed. So let's talk about this. They acquired they acquired Matt Stafford for a scheme expansion because Sean McVay wanted to do all these things and all these throws that Jared Goff simply couldn't make. Jared Goff, I think they felt was they had, they had tapped out what Jared Goff could do. They went out, they traded two first-round picks for Matthew Stafford. What showed up tonight that was a difference, and I know this is a very simple question, but what showed up today that was the difference between the Goff offense and the Stafford offense that mattered in the fourth quarter? I think it's it's what we've talked about in terms of that no-look throw to cup, in terms of being able to go spread. Remember, they're also in tempo at this time, which means The Stafford's, tempo, every single yeah. Bengals player mentioned the tempo. Yeah. Yes, and, and, and what it is is, 
uh, uh, those regulated looks, right? Oh my God, the, he, he did it. He got, you got McVeigh. I'm saying it so that the listener knows we're calling back to it, sir. Those static he looks. He hated McVeigh saying regulated looks. Now he's all about regulated looks. Now he's all about regulated looks. Solak's going to get a whole head coaching job. Ben Solak is the next head coach of the Rams. That's how this ends. When McVeigh references those regulated looks, when you're going tempo, you're keeping the same personnel on the field, and you're giving them those spread looks, and they were confident they could get zone out of the Bengals on that. And then when you're getting zone, you're asking Stafford to say you're an elite quarterback with an elite arm. Beat zone for us. Don't get fooled. Don't get got. And like that, that, that slant cup is a perfect example of holding Von Bell with your eyes such that it was basically a no-look pass and then being able to throw Cup into the window, hit him in stride, yards after the catch, 22 yards. That was the explosive passing play for the Rams. After they lost Odell, no explosives. A lot of intermediate stuff, but quick tackles right after the intermediate. That was the explosive. And so I think that adjustment you don't fully get with golf. You can put yourself in it, but you're a lot less confident that the guy's going to be able to execute and he's going to be able to, to, to have that control. And so I think Stafford changes that, but that that's that's a microcosm, right? It, it's, it's, it, it gets compounded larger and larger over the course of the game and the season. Another difference, so Stafford will pull the trigger on some throws that I think Goff doesn't, right? Like he will yeah. YOLO yeah, yeah, ball yeah. into tight coverage, particularly because he does work that, those intermediate passes, the middle of the field, quite a bit. And what happens there? There's more traffic. There's more guys. I think I'm not sure Jared Goff is is releasing the football. I, I will say Stafford pointing to where he was going to throw an interception and throwing an interception. That was, was a little bit of a Goff. That move. was wonderful. That because the th- someone should tell Matthew Stafford the point is to point, do the Mahomes point, and then do something else something with the else. ball. Okay, we can't call it the Mahomes point. All quarterbacks point like go this way on the scramble drill. That's not the Mahomes. Matthew I mean, Stafford Mahomes pointed directly at a spot yeah. on the field, and then, threw and then it the there. defender yeah. ran there, and Matthew Listen, Stafford threw the ball Van there. Van Jefferson needed to like put on his work boots and like actually contest the catch. Do you know what Mahomes does that actually I think he has innovated is pretending to throw the ball ten yards past the line of scrimmage. That's that's good. Oh, that oh, yeah, scramble. Yeah. Oh, nothing better than a pump fake near the he first must down be marker. So good at faking throwing the tennis ball for his dogs. Ah, oh, it's just wonderful. Um, let's do some uh, winners and losers here. The biggest winner tonight could be anybody. Who is it, Nora? It's Sean McVay. Yeah, yeah. Big save for Sean. Big save. Well, also, it's a vindication of everything he's built. It's not just that we were gonna get like the stakes were not that we were gonna get mad at him on the Ring NFL show for running the ball. It's Those also just like stakes. he's no, built just, this program yeah. over five years. And what's interesting to me is that Joe Burrow is the ultimate as a player is the ultimate kind of get rich quick scheme, right? Where it's just like he comes in, he solves all of your problems, and the Bengals did a lot of things well, but like it was one move. It was drafting Joe Burrow, let Joe Burrow do everything, and then you are in the Super Bowl, and you're almost just as good as the team that spent five years doing everything possible to get here, right? And that's the kind of funny part of it, is the Rams were like, we're going all in, we're trading two, a second and a third for Vaughn Miller, we're, we're signing a, a OBJ, we're doing all of these different things, and the Bengals were like, yeah, well, we drafted that guy. And, and we let him call just the as plays. Good. And Another we're thing, just as good. CJ's so, almost like, What's going on about Burrow? And he was like, yeah, I mean, when he's calling all of our plays, it's so dynamic. It's so important to us. And Zach Taylor's just like, uh. Zach Taylor's over there talking to Solak going, we're not scared of anybody. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow's got the play sheet. Um, but yeah, Sean McVay is, is, I would say, the winner. Right? I agree. I, I, well, I do have one correction. I do think the stakes were being made fun of on the Ring NFL show. Do you think that was in his head? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Always gets, is. the pressure's getting to him. You got to know us. Um, anybody else before we get to losers? I have a loser in mind. Can we, like, alternate? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, not the best Jalen Ramsey game. Yes. And there was there was a way that that, that became very important if the scoreboard read different. Uh, the T. Higgins catch was, like, 
maybe like incidental, not exactly it OPI. It looked worse yeah. in yeah. the moment. Yeah. yeah, and like the screenshot of his head snapped around with the face mask. Yeah, is in bad. the moment it looked yeah. bad. He's probably without the face mask, still sliding way beyond T. Higgins, not making a tackle, not breaking up the pass. With that said, it's probably OPI. That aside, uh, the Jamar Chase catch, which that was a really fun catch to share with you guys because all three of us with the angle we had were positive he wasn't catching it. It it looked like he was throwing the ball away from our angle. And then for the whole, like, two seconds after chasing the ball connected in the air, you and we were all just trying to find where the ball bounced. Like, oh, I wonder where the incompletion went. And then we kind of realized, wait, if there's no ball... Chase has the ball. He has the ball. It's in his hand. <laughs> the way it looked from our angle, which was the corner of the end zone opposite, opposite yeah. was it looked like the ball was in the air, and then Chase took the long way around Ramsey. It was just like, yeah, I'm just going to walk around. It's like when you're just like trying to squeeze through at a party. You're just like, yeah, yeah, I'll just go around you. That's what he did, and he still caught the ball. Right. And, th- and that's why I say like it wasn't the best game for Ramsey in the sense that I thought, I think Ramsey watched a lot of film on Joe Burrow, who, if our colleague Stephen Ruiz were here, would know does not have the strongest arm in the world and really felt like he could get one. And he was sitting on a lot of routes and he was ready to jump a Jamar Chase comeback. And then they had that one. They had the the first play of what could have been the game tying or game winning drive where Jamar Chase turned him around underneath and then broke an angle on him and got a bit of an explosive gain. Uh, that Ramsey Chase battle was really built up to be a big thing. And obviously it was a huge T. Higgins day. Congrats to T. Higgins. Got his catch on, on Jalen Ramsey. But in the Chase Ramsey stuff, uh, Chase got his more than Ramsey did. And, and, and for that not to be a big Ramsey game and the Rams still to be as successful as they were is a testament to just how scared the Bengals were of that pass rush and how successful it was. I don't want to roast Eli Apple. I just, yeah, I just, no, no. I just want to go back to something I said earlier, which is that when you go all in as a franchise, eventually you get Cooper Cup on Eli Apple. That's sort of what happens when it's a team that stacks talent against a team that doesn't stack talent or hasn't. Is it? Is it just in a different? Uh, in a different stage of their process. And remember, this has happened very quickly for, for the Bengals. Happened very quickly for the Bengals. They didn't have time to say, we got to have a guy who's going to be able to cover Cooper Cup. They haven't had a, they, the thing about the Bengals, they have not had an offseason where they're good. They don't know what that's like. And that's kind of what we're talking about the offensive line. We don't know how they've operated because we've never seen them on this sort of, uh, in this sort of rarefied air. And that's why I'm interested to see if next year, if they are in a big game, do they have these sort of mismatches? Speaking of Eli Apple, I will say another version of going all in is talking some smack. Yeah. Over yeah. the course of an Eli entire Apple week. Eli Apple and Quentin Spain were really sure like they were going to have I love those moments. guys. Yeah. I respect, I respect it. it. Yeah. Keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. You got to live it. I'll say winner in that regard, though, Duke Tobin. Um, we've Agreed. talked a little bit about that, and I know we want to get some offseason thoughts in here. Uh, Duke Tobin, Trey Brown, the, 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 the scouting staff that they have in Cincinnati, man. Eli Apple, notwithstanding. Cheeto Wuzie, good game. Trey Henderson, really, really good game. Good. DJ Reader, good game. Uh, Logan Wilson, who, like, this has been, like, a lot of talk about, like, the veterans that they brought in, the free agent signings. Logan Wilson's a dog on start. Mike, they got day three. He was very impressive in this game. And last but not least, uh, they haven't signed Jesse Bates. Winner Jesse Bates, that pick and, and his performance in the postseason could make Jesse Bates a lot of money, either in Cincinnati or elsewhere. The Bengals are so much further ahead as a franchise than where I thought they would be this season. And a lot of that is just Burrow being Burrow, right? There there was this team of destiny element to them that if they had figured this out, that's what it would have felt like. But their defense was just better than I realized. They were just straight up better. The players were better. It is the simplest thing. And I, I think they deserve credit for that because 
as much as I would like for it to be, it's not just vibes. It's not all vibes. Some of it is just Mostly like vibes. very, very, very talented football players. Uh, a couple things. Let's blow through here before we finish. Uh, penalties on the last Rams drive. Were we? I mean, I saw actually a, a video that that they missed a false start on the uh, entire the Rams offensive line. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was. I, Zach Taylor said he thought it was a well officiated game. I don't actually have. I don't think it was some huge injustice. I think Zach Taylor could watch any game and be like, man, really just well-officiated game. Just kudos to the refs. Kudos to the, the, the vendors. Great job. A, it was a well-staffed game. Thank you, security refs. did a good He's job. Like a nice yeah. man. I think it was a well-commissioned game. Love, Raj. Um, no, I think that there was probably a little bit of, of makeupness to the Logan Wilson holding, which followed the Jermaine Pratt holding. Once you get into makeup calls, all bets are off. Yeah, both, both uh, are certainly like could be called holding one, which is more egregious than the other. And then the the first and four one that made it a first and one, which I believe was Eli Apple, was also clearly a hold. So I don't think anything there was terrible. If anything was bad, it was missed false start. And then T. Higgins getting to face Master Jalen Ramsey was, was pretty bad, but also pretty funny. Always commit OPI. Best penalty in the game. I have two questions. To, and they're basically the same question for each team before we go. Where are the Bengals ending the season next year? In the playoffs, but not in the Super Bowl. Yeah, 10 win wild yeah. card team. I I tend to agree. Yeah, a lot of cap space. Really good opportunity to improve the team, but regression is going to come in some areas. And that's okay. Ram, uh, same question with the Rams. Uh, you're hoping for the playoffs, but there's there's just more cliff potential, right? And by the way, it's all worth it if you win one Super yes. Bowl. Yes. That's the value of this because it that's is point. it is harder for... Uh, my skepticism that the Bengals, we should write them back into the Super Bowl is, look, it's just they're a young team. They have obvious holes in the roster. They have to figure it they're out. They're in a conference with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Right. With the Rams, there are larger legitimate problems. So it's like in existential terms of questions. You, right. Like how, who's the coach? Who's the defense? Who's the biggest, best player on the team? Right. There's big, I mean, Von Miller is a free agent. Von Miller was awesome today. Right. Um, this stuff matters. Adam Schefter awesome. sent one of those tweets that was like, here's who's a free agent. Yeah, a so I have it up. List. Odell Beckham Jr., Von Miller, Darius Williams, that's corner two. Sonny Michelle, Austin Corbett is a right guard. Dante Dion, Joseph Noteboom, he's their left guard. And he's their O-line six. Matt Gay, Troy Reader. He threw Will Compton in at the end. Not sure Will Compton. I don't know if we're just like sliding he Will Compton. He threw someone else in too. Yeah. No, he he hit Dante Dion oh. at the bottom. He accidentally said Dante Deacon in the top, and he, he misspelled his name. Will Compton, though, well, you and I played the same number of snaps for Will Compton this year, or for the Rams. Weddle, this year. by the way, is re-retiring. Yeah. He's done. Yeah, well, he separated his back I know. in this game. It'd be funny if he just played another ten years. After Weddle, this. Like, yeah. I, got the, I got the bug. Can I just say that one of my absolute favorite football player things is when they get hurt during the game and they just come back out and watch it. Yeah, that's badass. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so no, I agree. I think. If you told me Stafford back, McVay back, Donald back, I would still expect playoffs. But also, they're going to have a talent drain, A. And B, man, oh, man, uh, the the potential for one of those retirements is really, really scary for the Rams. It could accelerate the oncoming, you know, rebuild, long-term rebuild. Yeah, with, much, without Much sooner than we expected. Yeah. Um, can I push back on one thing? The NFC West is a real big question mark next year. Yeah, Ky could be Kyler good. and Cliff, the Seahawks, just whatever their whole thing. I'm doing a gesture of whatever their whole thing is. I'm not really sure what that is. And then the Niners are going to have a new quarterback. Stafford could be the only returning quarterback in the NFC West in terms of you expect Jimmy to be replaced for sure. 
Russ is definitely in some sort of conversation. Some sort of weird thing. Right. Russ is in some weird yeah. thing. Yeah, right. Russ is Russ. They're, they're doing a thing. And then Kyler's Kyler, doing a thing. Kyler's Kyler's doing a thing. Whole other Kyler thing. would like for them to be doing a thing. Kyler's trying to get them into let's do a thing situation. So that Chris Morrison report is pretty weird today. Yeah. Shout out Christian Kirk on Tuesday being like, oh, yeah, my contract will be affected by Kyler Murray's future with the team. You're all like, Kyler Murray's what with the whom? <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. If there's a standoff between Cliff and Kyler and I own the Cardinals, it's, that's, that lasts about half a second. <laughs> right. But also, it's a little bit of like, you're both wrong. Like, Cliff, you definitely need Kyler. Kyler, you probably really need Cliff here. We should uh, maybe reconcile We're this We're dangerously bit. close in minute 42 uh, to you talking about short quarterbacks. So we're going to end the podcast. I'm just saying Matt Stafford's taller than Joe Burrow. How will you guys remember this game? I was stressed a lot. Um, what You guys were both pretty stressed today. It just was, it, it was a close game. I will remember... I will remember the game-winning Rams drive. I, I really do think that there was a lot of, like, some of that stress was just built up by you watch the McVay offense come out drive after drive and run into a brick wall in the same manner over and over again. And when that finally shifted, it felt like the turning point that it was in the game. I think that will be the memory I hold from this. I will also remember the halftime show. I thought that was very good. And I will remember being with you all. I was going to say that, but so like how we remember this game. Yeah, no, I'll definitely remember in that fourth quarter talking with you guys, watching that Rams offense run themselves into a brick wall and thinking like, all right, if they can do X, Y, and Z, maybe they'll get it. Like we talked about like, you got to go tempo and you got to like stop like doing like, oh, Daryl Henderson's our third down back. Sonny Michelle's our every other drive first down back. And like, just like pick a personnel grouping, put out there and go and let Stafford like call some plays and let him run it a little bit. I remember having that conversation with everybody and then I remember that Cooper Cup catch on that no-look throw and that slant because that was such a heater from Stafford. That was like a that was the throw we're used to seeing a quarterback cap an immortal performance with, and it had not been that for Stafford for three and a half quarters. And then he hits that throw, and it and it it, it made me feel at that moment they they've got it. Like that that was a throw. I was like, this is the turn. I remember when Danny Heifetz lost his Apple Watch <laughs> at security. This is not necessary. <laughs> and then he found it. And then I took it, and Danny Kelly and I were playing a prank on him. And when he figured out the prank, he was so mad he didn't acknowledge the prank. It was one of those things. It wasn't even like a fake laugh. He was just stewing. You better not. That I, That's a bad answer. This was a good game, and it deserves a memory. No, I just wanted to throw that out there, because I think they're going to tell the same story on the Fantasy Pod. And uh, I hope that... Uh, it's like yeah. Dunkirk. Kevin wanted to get his side Show of the some story continuity. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like Dunkirk. No, there's no side of the story. It, that was the one side of the story, and it was wonderful. It was a wonderful prank. Um, I'm sure wonderful is what they're saying on their pod. Well, Hypens is the one who left it at freaking security. Who's, who's looking bad in this story? This was a good game. We're doing Apple Watches oh. at 45. Yeah, if you're doing Apple Watches, Solak should get to do short quarterbacks. I believe that's true. Um, that this throws, was the that first... Cup? Middle of the field. This was the first uh, in-person Gotta Super be able Bowl. To see. Gotta see. Gotta see him. This was the first this in-person Super now. Bowl. Uh, I'm the captain Miami. now. And it was the first in-person Super Bowl with you guys. Love Kevin. Just trying to power through this. He's doing great. Um, and last year sucked for everybody. And it was it was uh, you know kind of low on the list of worldwide concerns that the Super Bowl sucked, but the Super Bowl did in fact suck. And so the fact that uh, everything was fairly normal. 80% normal um, tonight was uh, was really special. And to be with you guys, we've had 
uh, such a special season. Nora, this is kind of the first in-person thing you've done with the the Ringer, even though you joined before last season. And Solak, you know, just getting all his prop bets in. It was great. Yeah. It was really, it was, it was a beautiful time. It was a chaos season. Ruiz not showing up because Justin Herbert's not here. Just had a protest. It's just everybody was doing their own thing. They, they were doing exactly what they all wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So there were a beautiful. lot of bits. It was really good stuff. It was a lot. It was wonderful. You guys are the best. This has been the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. Uh, kind of a normal week this week coming up. Um, James Jones and Ryan Chazier will be on the Players Pod. Nora and I will be here on Thursday. And then the draft show. Popping up. You ready to talk some draft, Ben Solak? Love it. Absolutely. It's a really bad quarterback class and then some really interesting players on the outside of it. And so we're going to, we've already had two podcasts so far on the Ringer Fantasy Football feed. If you haven't heard those, you should check out that feed. We talked quarterback class. We talked first overall pick. But now that show will be migrating over to this feed. We're starting with wide receivers later this week. I love it. Who's who's wide out one? You're going to have to tune in and find out there, Kevin Oh, Clark. now that wow. is a professional. I won't be doing that. Thank you. This has been wow. the Ringer Fantasy Football Show.